0: I am resurrection and I am life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he should die, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Now pay attention to the sermon or I'll unleash that high squeaky sound from the, (laughs) go ahead, (laughs) sent to punish us, I don't know, someone's uh, loved one wants them to know they're here I think as we celebrate All Souls Day, we get it, thank you. Twenty years ago, I had finished seminary and had my first assignment as a lay pastor at St. Peter's Episcopal Church in Cheshire, Connecticut. I was there only a short time when the priest of that congregation, Father Steve, came to me and said, I'm sending you to visit a woman who is dying. Her name is Lucinda. She's not part of our congregation, but she called the church because her time on this earth is short, and somewhere in the background, in, in her history, her, she knows that her family uh, were Episcopalians, and so uh, she called us, and I want you to go and minister to her. So I went off and I introduced myself uh, to this woman, <laughs> Lucinda. And Lucinda was the first person that I had ever ministered to truly in the process of dying. Well, she told me a little bit about herself and I shared a little bit about myself and we talked a little bit about the gospel and about faith in Christ and we talked a little bit about heaven and what that is like. And as I was leaving, I said to Lucinda, well, would you like me to come back tomorrow or the next day and bring you some prayers? That way, if you're ever feeling lonely or afraid, you'll have something to, to read and to pray. And, and she said yes, that she would like that very much. And I said, okay, but until I return tomorrow or the next day with these prayers, do you remember any prayer from when you were a child, something you were taught? Uh, that you might be able to say when you're feeling alone or afraid. And she said, I think I remember one. So I said, okay. And so I said a little prayer with her and uh, ended that and was going to the door. And just as I was leaving, I heard Lucinda pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, dear Lord, my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake... I pray, dear Lord, my soul to take. As the tears filled my eyes, I thought of how Jesus tells us that we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless we come as a little child. I thought how appropriate that this woman who went through her life not really knowing the Lord, not being active in, in church, now turning to him because she knew her time was short turned to him like a little child and prayed with all the faith that she had that God would keep her in his care today we celebrate the and commemorate the feast of all souls when we remember our loved ones, our family, and our friends who have gone before us in faith and those who've gone whose faith is known to God alone. And we remember them and we bring them before God because we continue to hold them in our love. And we place them from our heart at the foot of the cross where we all find salvation. Jesus comes into the midst of suffering and death, and he says these words, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. That means that when we are confronted with sin and death in this world, when we are feeling as if we're overcome by death, if, when we feel as if we're going to be swallowed up by death, Our God comes to us and says, do not allow your hearts to be troubled. Do not allow your hearts to be troubled. And then he goes on to tell us what we should do. We are to believe in God and to believe in him. To believe in God and to believe in Jesus. For death, Romans 6, 9, death is has no dominion, no power over Christ Jesus. And if we are in Christ, death will not swallow us. We are not to engage death without sadness. Even Jesus, knowing that he had come to save the world, went to the tomb of his friend Lazarus, and he cried. But we are not to allow ourselves to be crushed as if death were somehow the final word over us in this world. As if death was the strongest power in the universe. Because death is not the final word. And death is not the strongest thing in the universe. Jesus Christ, to his life and salvation, the very word of God, is God's final word in this world over sin and death. A word of life. A word of forgiveness. A word of truth. He is the greatest power in this world. When Jesus went to the cross... He confronted sin and death himself and the flesh and was raised in victory over them. Sin need not be our master. Death not need be our destination, but life and salvation and forgiveness. Jesus goes on to say that in his father's house, are many rooms, and if it were not so, would he have told us that he goes to prepare a place for us? In other words, raise your hand if you think Jesus is a liar. Well, you probably don't want to do that, actually. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I set him up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I expected, you know, I expected Matt to do it, but, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, hand can in, uh, slap him next time. Right, no one's going to do that, right? No one's going to say that. And so he's saying, look, if you believe in me, if you trust in me, if you believe that the Father has sent me to save you, then don't allow your hearts to be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me, because there is a place for you. If it weren't so, I would have told you that. If you trust me, then believe me that there is a place for you and that it's been prepared For you. And then Jesus says what I think is one of the most beautiful verses in all of Scripture. And I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. That where I am, you may be also. And where is he? But seated at the right hand of the Father. Where is he? but in eternity and in the heavenly places. Where is he? But standing in victory over sin and death. And I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also, that you may reign with me at the right hand of the Father for all eternity and have the victory over sin and death. I will come again and will take you to myself, That where I am, you may be also. And then Jesus says, And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father. But by me. I am the way and the truth and the life. So let's look at that for a minute. I am the way. So the way is not a path. The way is not a set of rules. The way is not a thing. The way is a person. Jesus says, I am, which is the way God identifies himself in the Old Testament to Moses. Jesus is here identifying himself as God, having loved us so that he came into this world himself. I am. And then he says, the way. So the question is not, what is the way? But who is the way? Who is the way? Jesus says, I am the way. So the way is a person. To know Jesus is to have found the way. But the way where? Yes, Jesus is the way. The way is a person. And if I know Jesus, I know the way. But the way where? Or to whom? Well, this past week, all of the clergy and many lay delegates from throughout our diocese, all of Canada and, and New England, gathered together in Ottawa. And um, there was a group of, uh, of us Um, Archdeacons, who lunch was set up for us at a particular restaurant uh, called Grounded, called Grounded. And so I guess we were all being grounded. And so uh, we went there to have uh, lunch together as the the Archdeacons throughout the the diocese. And um, uh, the waitress who came, who was serving us, very nice young woman, uh, named Emily, and she was serving us. And it turned out later, I found out that she was actually the manager of of Grounded. And Emily came, and as she served, she had all these symbols tattooed on her arm, going up her arm. And I said, uh, "Can I ask you what, what those stand? You know what that stands for?" And they looked like the the symbols on the washing machine and dryer. So she said, "Oh, this is so I know how to do my wash." And, and I said, oh, okay. And she goes, that's not true. And I'm like, okay, lie to a priest. Go to hell when you die. Anyway, um, so, so she explained to me what it, what it was. And I actually asked her to write it down. And the symbols represent these words. There's no easy way from the earth to the stars. There's no easy way from the earth to the stars. And so she told me that that's what was written on her arm. And I said to her, uh, as she served my beer, I said to her, Are you sure that's the kind I ordered? No, I said to her, "Um, That's what we preach. That's exactly what we preach. There's no easy way for earth to attain to heaven. This is why God himself has come to us in the person of Jesus. And she said, oh, that's really cool, you know, that's really great. And so I told her that I was going to mention her in an upcoming sermon and that the sermon would be recorded and that uh, I would mention her name if she promised me that she would listen to it, and so she, she said yes. So everyone say, hello, Emily. Hello, Emily. Emily from Ottawa, okay. Uh, who knows how to do her laundry. And uh, there's no easy way to get from earth to the stars. And so the star, the morning star, Jesus Christ, comes into our life. He comes to us even in the midst of suffering and death to proclaim good news that death is not the final word. And that He is the way. Because there is no easy way to go from death to eternal life, to go from the earth to the heavens, to be finite as we are and to attain to the, the infinite glory of God. And so Jesus says, I am the way. And the way where? The way to whom? The way to the Father. The way to the Father. See, when God created us, he created us um, uh, in right relationship with him. Uh, everyone was perfect. All men were bald. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> right. Everyone was perfect, and we were in right relationship with God. We were in right relationship with God. But then, we chose sin. And if God is life, and you turn away from life, you are embracing Death And if God is eternal life, then you are moving towards eternal death. And it's not so much a punishment, because God is there saying, please, come home. He doesn't want us to have eternal death. He wants us to live. He wants us to live. And so, knowing that we could not attain to him, he came to us. He came to us. I am the way. Afterwards, I went up to this waitress. I was paying the, the bill, and um, all the archdeacons were in line, and, and uh, Emily handed me this piece of paper and said, uh, here, Father Michael, here's my name and phone number. You should have seen the other archdeacons in line <laughs> behind me. One of them, Father Daryl Critch, a good friend of mine, said, I'm telling your wife. <laughs> um But, you know, so things aren't always as they seem. But that's exactly what we preach. I am the way. The way is a person. His name is Jesus. To know Jesus is to know the way and to be reconciled with God as your Father, where He loves you as His own child. Now, when you have a child, no matter what they do, do you still love them? Yes. You still love them. That's how the Father is with us. He wants to love us no matter what we do, He still wants to love us. But He also doesn't want to, if you have a child, do you want to see that child get hurt? No. And so He doesn't wish to see us hurt by sin or death either. And so Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus says, I am the truth. Truth is not a set of doctrines. Okay? Truth is a person, and that person is Jesus. You know the saying, and the truth shall set you free. Well, that truth is Jesus. He is the truth of, that God loves you. He is the truth that God has not abandoned us to sin and death. He is the truth that death is not the last word over us in this world. He is the truth that there is a place for us, prepared for us. And if we but trust him, he will come again. And he will take us to himself, that where he is we may be also. The truth is living. The truth is personal. The truth is Jesus. And then Jesus says, and I am the life. Life is not what you make it. Life is not the Red Sox. What are Yankees? Life is a person. You have that person, you have life. It's kind of like got milk. You remember those sayings, got milk? This is, do you got Jesus, then you have life. Because God is the source of life. And so eternal life came into this world himself to confront sin and death. See, we introduced death, so God came to bring life and says, give me me the consequence of your sin, death, and I will give you eternal life. Give me your sins and I will give you forgiveness. Give me the hardness of your hearts and I will give you a heart of flesh. Give me your chains and I will give you freedom. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so, our loved ones who have gone before us, our family and friends, those who died in faith and those whose faith is known to God alone, they are not dead. They are alive. In fact, they are more alive than in one sense, than even we are because they have entered into the fuller presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is life himself. They are living, and they love you, and they remember you, and they pray for you. But all, and they join us whenever we gather for the Mass. What do we say? With angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. See, that last part, all the company of heaven, that means my mom or my dad or my husband or my wife or my son or my daughter or my best friend or my grandchild. It means them all who are in Christ, who have trusted not in themselves, who, like Lucinda, when I began this sermon, you always know a priest is about to end the sermon when he goes back to the beginning. That's your your clue. So, okay, so here it comes. Okay. like Lucinda, if you but trust in Jesus with the trust of a little child. Lord, I don't have to understand all the questions of sin and death. I don't have to understand everything about suffering. I don't need to know why it is that the moon goes around the earth and the earth goes around the sun. I don't need to comprehend all these things and always to be asking why. I just trust you. You ever notice when kids are very little? You reach out your hand and they take it. And then they get to that age where you say, Take my hand, and they say, Why? (laughs) Because I want you to walk with me. Why? Right? And right, and we're like that with God. God is reaching out his hand to you and to me and saying, return to me. Come and be free. No eternal life, no hope instead of despair, no light instead of darkness, no life instead of death, no wholeness instead of brokenness, no healing instead of sickness. Come, and he holds out his hand to us, and we say, why? I guess he would answer, because I love you. That's why. And just like Lucinda, may we, like little children, come to the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus, that we may come to the Father and know his love for each and every one of us. May all who have gone before us, may they be with us this day, present here as we are present with Jesus. And may God's love bless you as you continue to walk the journey of this life. Hold fast to his hand. Don't ask why. But the answer is only because he loves you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.